Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. And this week's episode of the podcast, we've got something very different. So I've been joined in the Progressive Studio by George Scott. Now, George Scott has exchanged a life being shot at for a life as a full-time property investor. You're going to absolutely love this episode, so let's get straight into it. So, hi, George. Thanks for joining us. No, most welcome. Thank you for having me. So, um, for anyone who's listening in and thinking, how can you transfer a life of being shot at, or how do you even have a life being shot at? So, before you came to Progressive, before you found Progressive, what was life in George's, George's world like? What were you doing? You'll think I'm exaggerating. I would live for months in the jungles of Congo, which is Tarzan country, mm-hmm. and uh, we would sleep in a hammock. We would eat rice, white rice, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we would train up park rangers um, in anti-poaching tactics and methods. We'd then insert into the jungle canopy with the formation that we've trained and then operationally mentor them on the ground up against rebel groups, miners, poachers. And it was a big old adventure, but it's not tenable if you are trying to raise a young family of children because the work needs you deployed overseas. I was never home. Right. So how, how long did you do that for? Uh, two years I was living in Congo. Wow, okay. Yeah. And so you were in the army before that? Yep. When, so out of school, what, what did you do? Uh, left school, uh, went straight into the parachute regiment, uh, and I spent 16 years there. Um, it was a busy period. It was you know, arguably one of the most proudest achievements in my life. Um, and I was offered a very unique contract with a, uh, a lady who I was training at one of our academies um, to work privately outside of the army. Right. So I went with my gut instinct and I, I left it all behind me. Um, and that involved a lot of executive close protection or bodyguarding uh, whilst building an investment holding company. So I started to see two strands of income and operations. Um, that then became a little bit too corporate for me. I, I quite liked it at first, the Range Rovers and the suits and the earpieces. Um, but after a period of reflection, I realized that essentially I was a bag carrier. I was paid well and I looked good, but I was just a bag carrier. Uh, and I needed something more, um, which is what then drove me into conservation because I wanted to find something that was centered on something moral. Right. So 16 years in the army, yep. parachute jumping. Yeah. How many planes did you jump out of? Uh, I think my count was 56. Oh, wow. End, yeah. Okay, so jumping out of airplanes, that's crazy in itself, yeah. that often especially. Mm. I mean, once maybe, but 56. Right, so jumping out of airplanes, 16 years, then you did the bodyguard stuff. Yep. Um, was that like the movie? Uh, Frank Farmer, the Kevin Costner guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Were you like Kevin Costner or Nottinghamshire? On occasion, but there's a hell of a lot of admin and computer stuff that goes in behind the scenes to facilitate that, yeah. Right. And how long did you do that for? Uh, bodyguarding lasted for a year. For a year. Um, and then Congo. Yes. Wow. So you mentioned conservation. So obviously in mm. Congo, it's about, I, I guess, I'm saying like I know. In, Cong- <laughs> in Congo, it's about um, protecting the animals, protection of the wildlife, etc. Absolutely, yeah. And that, when you read in the papers, it's big money for people who are poachers, I guess. Huge. So, yeah. 
in, ter in terms of danger, because many people consider the army as dangerous, mm. um, and I know you did some time in what you did Afghanistan and yeah. places. How many uh, times did you go there? Once in Northern Ireland, once in Iraq, and three times to Afghanistan. Well, okay, so that's dangerous. Mm. How did the Congo and conservation seem in terms of danger levels? Is it similar, less, more? It's a great question. So I felt safer in the army because you've got layers of protection around you. Once you're getting shot at, somebody is already aware that you're being shot at. If they need to send in a vehicle or a helicopter to support you, it's there. If and when you take casualties, you know you can extract the guys out because there's a whole logistical chain. There's a beast of resources and administration behind you. Once you're in the jungle, you have no means to communicate outside of that jungle canopy for sometimes up to hours. And they can't drive a truck in. They can't drop a helicopter on you. So in terms of the safety, uh, safety net and facilitation, facilitation is the wrong word, the safety structure around you, that doesn't exist in, in certain remote areas where we were working on conservation. I felt safer, although getting shot at a much higher volume in the army, I, I felt safer there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, you said when you were a bodyguard, you started doing um, so corporate stuff, so business. What, was, what mm. exactly was that? So she, my client was a, an ultra high net worth individual. She was a, a royal family, uh, a royal member of a family in Bahrain. Um, and she was growing her own, her own enterprise at the same time. Uh, so she had a, a large amount of capital and she knew she needed to secure that into assets and invest. She wanted somebody she trusted to help her build that pipeline. Uh, she could have outsourced it to anybody, but she didn't want to deal financially with somebody she didn't already have a rapport or a relationship with. And because we have that trust and that relationship that grew in the military, she then used me to help her grow that uh, portfolio for her. Okay. Well, so that was you finding, like helping her, but not really, were you getting just a wage rather than a share of the deal? It was a, completely a salary, yeah. Salary. Right. I didn't get any form of commission and there was some large exchange of funds going on there right. um, and I didn't see them apart from my my your salary my salary a good salary but a salary it wasn't bad right. yeah it was okay so then what made you um exchange sort of that life 16 years in the army this bodyguard life the the congo mm. to the safety of property investing so what was the thing that made you think you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna try give property a go on why why property i think because i was missing benchmark uh experiences with my children so my eldest son he was uh, awarded man of the match uh, he was a goalkeeper like I was, a failed goalkeeper, admittedly. Um, but he was there and my, my wife put a picture on Instagram of him holding his Man of the Match trophy and I missed that occasion. Right. Uh, my daughter got put at the front of the show uh, of her ballet um, end of year uh, presentation. I wasn't there. And we rarely had access to our phones when we were working in the, in the jungle, but on occasion we'd be able to come back you know, clean our kit, have something better to eat than just rice and then speak to our children. But I was feeling them pulling away from me. They would read the messages, I'd get two blue ticks and then no reply. And I thought to myself, maybe what I'm doing here is selfish. I love the thrill, I love the adventure. I love how it makes me feel about myself because I'm doing cool stuff and I'm getting paid very, very well. But if I'm an absent dad, then maybe my priorities are wrong here. Hmm. Um, and I looked at property as uh, a way to build and maintain those relationships I was losing with my children. It's all about the children, right, for me, uh, whilst growing a, a sustainable business, uh, which can afford you a large payday. Um, so that is what drew me into property. 
because it was able to tick both boxes. Yep. I could see only only positives from my 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 career into property. Okay, so then, um, how did you find Progressive? What was the the journey towards finding this place? So it all came through Katie Wilson. Um, there was a period where I was a compliant deal packager, but I had no formalized training. I look back on some of the work I did in those early months and I cringe. It was, it was I was enabling, uh, I was finding profitable property deals. Right. So they were rough around the edges. So you started looking for property before you ever heard of Progressive? I did, yeah. Right. And, and rough, think, so profitable deals, rough around the edges. What do you mean? Expand on that. What do you mean by that? Um, so I knew that property, uh, I knew that Progressive property was here but I hadn't entered any of the training. Um, I was able to read enough stuff to work out what I needed to do in order to monetize deal packaging, but I hadn't followed any form of training progression. There was no accountability. Right. So you've read no some system. books and stuff. Read some books. Yeah. But what it was, the clincher that uh, sent me here was uh, a friend of mine put Property Investing Secrets, the book by Robert Mark, in my hand whilst I was in the jungle. And we'd had a particularly bad day. Uh, there, we'd, had, we'd lost a couple of guys on the team. And he said, I need you to read this book because he was uh, investing already. He had a couple of single lets and he was looking at making the transition on a permanent basis from conservation into property investing. Uh, so I read that book uh, and I, it made the hair stand up on my arms. I couldn't believe what I was reading uh, because I believed in the, in the strategies. So that sowed the seed in my mind uh, that I need to come back to the UK and educate myself in property. But it was Katie that physically brought me to the training suite here because everything's on social media these days. And I saw a post that she put up on her own page of uh, something along the lines of £10,000 worth of finder's fees in the space of a month. And two of those deals she did from a sunbed. And I looked at that and it was really, really painful for me um, because I thought I am in Nottingham, Katie's in Nottingham. She's a deal packager, I'm an aspiring deal packager. She's just banked 10k, I haven't banked 10 pence. How do I find this girl? Um, so then I, that became my driving force. I needed to have a conversation with this woman to learn, sit in her shadow and understand what it is that she does because I need to, I need to get to that stage. Mm. The reality was if I cannot monetize this fast, I've got to go back into the jungle and continue that living in the mud and getting shot at lifestyle. Um, so I came to multiple streams of property income, uh, first time I met you, yep. and I listened to all the presentations, but I was only there over that weekend to uh, establish a relationship with Katie and learn her, her methods of packaging property deals on behalf of investors. And I keep on coming back. <laughs> so when, when was that first multiple streams of property income? How long ago was it? That was May this year. May this year. So we're now, for anyone listening to this, we're now in November. So May, June, July, August, September, October, November, six months ago. Mm. Okay, so um, over the last six months um, in your business, what's happened? How have you grown your brand, etc.? cetera? Um, deals, whatever it may be. How's, how's the last six months gone? So it's been uh, been a roller coaster. Um, I, I'm, I'm still not able to pin down any kind of deal frequency. Like there seems to be peaks and troughs which I can't predict but I think I don't I doubt I'll ever be able to predict these uh, the flow you know the, there's so many I external say, factors I always say properties like buses um, you wait for one for ages and then three come along at once yeah exactly yeah, so it'll never be that. this consistent flow it is peaks and troughs yeah but um, 
so pigs and troughs are better than all troughs, right? Exactly that, 100%. So. Um, and, you know, there was just one payday. Katie asked me recently what was the best uh, payday you've struck so far in property, and that was for a finder's fee for £8,250. And she said, just drill down onto how much of your time went into that. Like, let, let's work out what, what your time is worth here. Uh, and it came out as three hours. I think I'd made four phone calls and a bit of time online for three hours. I banked net eight thousand two hundred fifty quid, and then did nothing the next month. But I didn't care because I had that large yep. payday, and I knew then that there was a system which worked, and I believed in it. So then I could just refine that process and just repeat it and continue to mm. repeat it. it was, and that's what we've done. So um, it was quite funny this morning. We had. Uh, a slight delay over on the deal packaging masterclass because we needed to move from one training suite upstairs. And um, in that period, uh, I had a notification that an investor just signed up a reservation fee. So I hit 3K in the hour of sat around drinking coffee, chatting and mingling and all, oh, what is it you do in property? I'd already hit three grand before the day had even started. So it's uh, it has been a roller coaster, but not have I really ever doubted that this was the right decision? This has been transformational for me. And I, I say that with a bit of emotion in my voice because I know what the alternative is yeah. and it's worked. And I accredit virtually all of this to uh, to certainly Katie Wilson, but Progressive as the overarching training provider mm -hmm. because without the systems and the processes that their education has afforded me, I know I would have continued to fail like I was doing before I arrived here at Multiple Streams. But I would also say back on that is, yes, the system, the process are important, and yes, it, it works. However, it only works if you take the action. Mm -hmm. So you need to recognize as well that you've took the action to implement yeah. what you've learned. Because um, I always say you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Yeah. And you've, you've took the steps and followed the system. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, they, they, they take steps, they want to do something, they try it alone, and then they quit. You tried yeah. it alone. And then you realized and recognized that you needed support, you got yeah. the support, and then you implemented. Yeah. And that's the key to success, is finding something you want to do, learn how to do it from somebody who's done it before, and implement. Absolutely. So you you are, yes, Progressive are a fundamental part of that success, but it, it's a joint combined thing. Mm. So well done uh, for getting okay. moving, for doing that. It's only the start. You're six months into mm. the journey. Um, where are you? What, what's your aim over the next sort of, two, three, five years, what's the aim in your business? To Have you got a, is it just comfortable type income? Are you looking to take over the world? Where are you going? So I, I've got a bit of an obsessive personality, so I'm trying to present my calm side to this uh, podcast, but I have, uh, my brain is always moving at a thousand miles an hour and I have large plans. Uh, all I focus on at the moment is using the, the cash that I'm generating through finder's fees with packaging property deals on behalf of investors is to use those uh, funds to then apply to my own portfolio, which is small but growing. Um, so I recognize that it's not just a, a short-term fixed, sell a deal, get paid. It needs to concurrently grow yeah. my asset base, um, which is which is pending and, and, on, and ongoing. Um, but crucially, what the, the education I've learned, mainly on the mastermind, is that I know how now to find these deals. So you said to me yourself, uh, I presented an, uh, a situation I was looking at at multiple streams and you went, George, you found me a house, not a deal. Mm. And that's that really resonated. I remember with me. that conversation. Yeah. yeah. And I think, wow, I have just found him a house. So if I've gone away and uh, established a relationship with an investor that wants to pay into my pocket, 
if I just find them something they could have done in 10 minutes on right move anyway, there's n I, I can't, I'm not adding any value there. So the way I've, I've likened that now is if you imagine a clock face, yeah. 12 o'clock being the market value of a property, before the, the current situation where house prices are going generally well above asking price, you'd be able to negotiate a below market value deal. If you cannot do that, you can still create that relationship with the investor and say, look, you're going to have to accept you're probably going to pay at asking price or incrementally above asking price, but we can add value to this deal. Yep. We're going to take a two bedroom, we're going to convert it into a three, or we're going to add value through refurbishment. So as long as they can see that your or my education and my understanding of property now, they're not just buying a property, they're not buying a house, they're buying a deal. It's either below market value, which they do exist, and Katie's churning these out on a consistent basis, or I can explain to them the process I'm going to apply to add value to the property. That is immediately a profitable deal, which enables them to buy it. But that really struck a chord with me when you told me that, like, you know, you learn and then you grow and then you you leave that lesson behind you, you know? Yeah, and for, for anyone listening, because I like that clock where your, your 12 o'clock is the price and then you buy it at, say, 9 o'clock, it's a discount, or yeah. you can make it one fifteen mm -hmm. at 3 o'clock, which is the increase. Yeah. Um, when I said to you that day, I remember that day when you came to me with the phone going, because loads of people do this. They mm. come to me, they're new, they're thinking, well, well, look, I got this deal. Well, you know, you got a picture of a house. Yeah. It's not a deal. Yeah. Where's the deal? Quite often people look at something and go, this is the price, um, but I think I could get it for a discount. So how do you, when you go in terms of deal packaging, when you, do you find your deals from an estate agent? Do you find them on Rightmove? Do you find them direct to vendor? How do you find the deal, first of all? And then what's the approach that you take with an owner of the property to try and negotiate the deal? Do you negotiate through the agent or do you negotiate it directly with the vendor? So there's a there's a split. I'd probably say 60% of uh, opportunity that I find on the online portals and 40% are direct-to-vendor. Right. The direct-to-vendor have generally been the most profitable deals that I've encountered mm -hmm. so far because in that instance, it less matters about the condition of the property it's more about the relationship of the vendor yeah that's where you can actually genuinely help somebody and, and, and it's ethical trade you're not going in and negotiating an, an offensively low offer they need for a variety of circumstances they need to sell fast and you can facilitate that sale um i think the a lot of my lead generation is through direct to vendor marketing which i learned uh, with katie on the on the mastermind um and essentially, we, we outsource uh, a virtual assistant to scrape the portals for a property that meets our set criteria. We then mail directly to that individual. And the response or the conversion rate is fairly low. You may get between 3 or 5% replies. Of them, maybe 7% uh, you can generate a viewing, yeah. of which one of them is an actual deal. But if you're spending maybe £200 a month on marketing for one deal that's going to net you between three and £5,000... I'm happy to spend that 200, 200 pounds a month on on some envelopes and some stamps. Yeah, and and in any deal, you've got to pay for marketing to in any business yeah. to make it work, and it is a business packaging. Yeah. Um, what would you say to anyone who's listening to the podcast right now, listening to this, thinking, um, can they do this? Uh, maybe they're in a similar job that you were in. If there's that many people in that type of job, mm. or maybe they're just in a job that feels like they're getting shot at every day mm. because their boss is shooting them every day. <laughs> so what would you say to somebody who's in that job and they're thinking, you know, I, 
I'd like to do something different. Could I do property? Or even somebody who's maybe tried property like you did mm. and was struggling to make it worth work and maybe they're thinking, should I give up or should I keep going? What, what would you say to them? Well, I think there's two words for me. One is education and one is action. Um, you, you, you have to be educated. It, it, it's, it's naive. I was naive to think I could step out of the jungle and start making money through property without aligning myself with people that are doing this at a level that is far elevated to where I am. It, it was, I'm embarrassed that I thought I could do that. Um, so education is key. The next one is action. Uh, I was sat in here, I was talking about the Property Investing Secrets book. And um, before the interview, um, one, of the, one of the staff said to me, have you got a, a phrase you can use, a catchphrase? I said, like, you've put me on the spot, I, I haven't got one. Um, I went away and on the, on the drive home, I thought, Maybe, what, what, what catchphrase works for me in property, which is bespoke to myself? And I come up with this phrase and I was really, really sad because I went to a, a service station. I typed into Google and it's there in images all over the place. Uh, but it's positivity creates opportunity. So when I say action, I mean positive action. So if you are the kind of individual that is going to complain because the house is going over the asking price, if you're going to complain because an investor expects pages and pages of due diligence, if you're going to see the negative or the downside to a situation, then you're doomed to just tread water or go down in terms of your output. If you respond to opportunity, if you create opportunity through positivity, some serious, powerful, educated, experienced uh, in property people will become aligned with yourself. So if I was to turn up to mastermind, not interested, on my phone, barely listening, go away and not apply action to the steps that I've been given by the mentors, then I know I'm going to go nowhere. If I apply verbatim what it is they're telling me to do, all of a sudden I find estate agents ringing my mobile, George, we've got three houses that have just come back on the market. Would you like to see them before we put them on, on the portals? Yes, it would. You know what I mean? So like, just from taking positive action, it creates a world of opportunity. Mm. I think my, vi my advice would be for anybody that's uh, from my background looking to get into property or from any background that's considering uh, sort of upping their tempo in the property industry is educate yourself. You're stupid if you don't and take positive action because as soon as you start to do that, a whole load of doors open in front of you and, and then you can absolutely uh, gain some traction, gain some real positive traction then learn by doing. I think the crucial thing is, with education, is that Progressive won't put somebody in the room that doesn't have the credibility to teach an aspiring investor how to invest. You sit in their shadow, you listen to the way they conduct themselves, you, you observe how they problem solve, you look at their case studies, it forces you to level up. I know for a fact I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am now without having bullied my way into sitting on... Uh, on the shoulder of Katie and just observing how she structures these deals. Yeah, uh, I love that. Um, positivity brings opportunity. It's huge. And follow the. I always say follow the successful, success follows. Yeah. And it's getting close to those people. You become the sum of the people you spend the most time with. Absolutely. But positivity brings opportunity. I like that. Mm. And you often see this with people where they, they're always looking for the problem rather than the opportunity. Yeah. A glass half empty rather than half full. Mm. So... Take that advice on board from George. Positivity brings opportunity. Guys, this has been absolutely awesome. Um, love the interview. Um, 
amazing what journey you've come on from like, you've, it's like you've lived four different lives. <laughs> so I can only imagine what some of that stuff must be like, scary as well as exhilarating, exciting, etc. And to go to that into property mm. and get the same adrenaline from property. Do you, do you feel that property brings you like excitement, adrenaline that can replace what you used to have or is it very boring? It's not boring. Um, it's, and I'm not saying it's a game that, that doesn't give it the respect it deserves. But you know, if ever, like, I, I'm a, I don't really go to the gym often, right? But you know, if you come back from the gym, you ever get that kick of endorphins and your body says, thank you for putting me through that in the gym. I get that when I achieve a task through property. Yeah. If I get an investor that signs up to my database without me even knowing, because I've, I've learned a system where they can fill in an electronic form, it loads them into my CRM, my Podio, without me knowing, I get a kickback of endorphins through that. Um, and then when I hit these big paydays, like I love how everybody in property, they talks about their why, and they put a picture of them in the park with their kids. That resonates with me. But also, I like money. I want I want a lot of money in my hands. I am attracted by material things whilst being a family man. I think that is just being real and honest. Um, and you can hit some seriously big paydays here whilst everything is appreciating anyway. I think it's just win-win. Yeah, it is. Awesome. So, George, really loved having you on the podcast. It's been absolutely awesome. I think the audience is going to love this. Before we finish up, mm. we've got to do one thing. What's that? Arm wrestle. <laughs> so we're going to do an arm wrestle. Right, I'm going to see who wins. Right, go. No, I mean go. No, I mean you can start whatever you want. <laughs> you can win as well if you like. He's playing with me. He's playing with me. I just want to see where we go. Oh, we're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> oh, the audience are killing me. My arm, look at me. I'm losing my arm. Right, if you're watching the podcast, if you're listening to the podcast, I won. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, I won. If you're watching this, um, because we've also recorded it as a video, then you'll know the truth. Anyway, outside of that, you've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. We've had George Scott on. He's been absolutely awesome. You want to watch this guy's journey. He is smashing it in property right now. Align yourself to him. Find him. If people want to reach out to you, George, and find you, how can they find you? I think through Facebook is where most of my traction gets done. So just George Scott on Facebook. Yeah. Right. So George Scott on Facebook. If there's loads of them, look for the guy that looks scary. <laughs> okay. So George Scott on, on Facebook. Reach out to him, watch his property journey. He's really smashing it at the moment on deal packaging. He's only at the start of his property investment journey. He's also building his own portfolio at the same time. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. We are out every Tuesday. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure that you've subscribed. Make sure you're listening out for next week's episode. And I will see you the same time next week. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been amazing. And I'll see you next week.